I try and keep it something that I would have understood and I would have accepted before I was vegetarian. So years ago, we were, uh, Linda and I were on a farm and we had sheep and they'd had lambs and it's the most beautiful time of the lamb's life. They're sort of full of spirit and full of energy. And we happened to be eating leg of lamb. We weren't oh. vegetarian then. So when we made the connection, oh, oh, we said, you know what, should we try and not do this? So we did and uh, never looked back. But it basically was sort of out of compassion for these lambs who'd just been born, yeah. were in the first month of their lives and were shortly to have it ended. It's like, it doesn't seem right. But then more recently, people have started to draw this comparison between greenhouse gases and just basically too much livestock on earth. Uh, it wouldn't be so bad, it was just one or two on a farm. But when there's billions the way we now do it, it has a big effect on the atmosphere. And there was, uh, in 2006, there was a report that came out from the United Nations called Livestock's Long Shadow that I read. It explained that, that uh, livestock were responsible for more greenhouse gases than transport, which I thought it was airplanes, trucks, cars. I thought that was the big culprit. But when this, when this fact came out, I thought, whoa, you know, that's um, important. It's quite, um, quite amazing. Well, that is and it. you don't think about it. But then when you start to think, wait a minute, some of the fast food people, their, their prevalence in the world and um, the amount of cattle needed to feed that worldwide craving is huge. Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, 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 and welcome to another quick bonus episode of Paul or Nothing, where today we are going to be looking at the major animated adventure in Paul's life. You know, the one aside from Rupert the Bear, the Bruce McMahon Show, the Beatles cartoon series, and Yellow Submarine. Yes, of course, we are going to be talking about Paul's cameo performance, Paul's seminal cameo performance in The Simpsons episode, Lisa the Vegetarian. This is an episode that I always knew I was going to be doing when I first started this show all those years ago, and I'm just so excited that I'm able to talk about both my favourite artist and my favourite TV comedy slash cartoon together in one episode at last. Of course, this is essentially the TV version of our Kanye West episode, but I reckon a few of you are actually going to respond a little more positively to The Simpsons over Yeezy, but either way... I'm just glad I get to indulge. Of course, before we start the show, I always want to take a quick second to thank you, the listeners, you, the Twitter and Facebook followers, you, the Patreon supporter, you, the clicker in whatever form. I cannot express my gratitude to you enough, especially since the show has been growing and expanding so well in the last few weeks. We've had our best month ever in the history of the podcast and the way things are tracking this month in December at the time of recording is set to be our best month ever as well. So thank you so much, folks. Again, if you can recommend the show to one friend, to one other Beatle or Paul McCartney fan, that is 
the single best way to help this show grow because this is a journey throughout Paul's discography and of course the best way to do it is hand in hand, side by side with all of you folks. Speaking of things you can do for the show, check us out on our Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. That's the comedic little central hub and the best way to keep up the two-day with the podcast. For a more personal interaction, drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I just love reading out your correspondence here on this show. Speaking of indulgence, it's one of those things that really brings uh, just a, a, a silly grin to my face. And we do indeed have another couple of emails for you this week. Very exciting. The first being from David Jackson. Shout out to David, who says, Hey Sam, enjoying your podcast. It's refreshing to hear someone who doesn't necessarily think every Beatle-related song is fantastic. And the Ken Michaels interview was very revealing. However, I like Paul's earlier albums, so I'm afraid I like McCartney 1 and Wildlife. In my view, they are better than some of his blander later albums. Regards, David. Uh, David, oh my gosh, do not worry. Liking McCartney 1 and Wildlife is not a sin on this show. In fact, it is encouraged. And if you found our last chat with Ken Michaels interesting, then wait till you hear what he has to say on part two of our Press to Play chat, as his favourite album choice may, in fact, shock you to your very core. But yeah, thank you so much for that email, David. Glad you're enjoying the show. And I guess I'm just sorry, I'm sorry that I'm, I am going to have to cover his bland later albums on the show. But hey, that's what the Listen With Sam side series is for. And we are going to be covering wildlife on that very, very soon. We also have a returning emailer from Warren Butson. Warren, of course, is one of our loyal Patreon supporters who got in contact with us about two episodes ago now. And very kindly, he has written in to us once again. He says, Hi, Sam. Wow, thanks for the shout-out on the last pod. It was a really unexpected surprise and honour. So hard to compute and respond to your Pipes of Peace review, though, suffice to say, I agree with your views on side one, which I think is much stronger than side two. Really pleased you revised your initial thoughts on So Bad, which I love. Those harmonies in the Feel so good feel so bad parts are just perfect it's so cheesy but it's so sweetly sung and i cannot get the video out of my head particularly the bit where linda feigns to eat paul's hair so good so bad side two oh wow now this is so bad apart from through our love it's kind of cheesy, but that bit where it builds in Through Our Love from 145 is the very last we will hear of the Macca comfortable scream ever again, which to me is a hugely significant, albeit tiny, moment. I also have to repeat my admiration and dismay for your work. The number of Patreon supporters you have is a bit like Van Gogh or Van Gogh having only sold two paintings. It's nuts. I've got a big appreciation for quality journalism and generally good podcasting, and your work is so very good, I'm a little perplexed as to why there isn't serious acknowledgement for what you're doing. You mention a number of other sources for poddom, but they seriously lack your persona and wit. What you may lack in the editing front is vastly outweighed by the delivery of style, wit and panache, with no fear of the material you are dissecting. As I've said before, it's a unique irreverence with huge respect and, and adoration, which is such an unusual combination. Just about to listen to the Bruce McMouse review, 
So looking forward to the next episode. I'll also be keen to hear the next bonus episode of the post-1978 music videos, which must be overdue by now. The with a little look review nearly made me piss myself, it was so funny. Ironically for the 80s, which is generally his least respected artistic period, it probably has his best music videos. Yours, Warren. Oh, Warren, my face is absolutely red, but my ego is also massive as well. Thank you for that, particularly the extended part where you go on about my number of Patreon supporters. I'm glad you said it because I certainly can't. Folks listening out there, Warren is not a plant. He actually sent that in. I cannot believe it either. Uh, First and foremost, thank you so much for that email. That was so fantastic. I love reading out such well-written correspondence like that. I'm also really glad you enjoyed the Bruce McMouse Show episode. I hope all of you out there did as well. And yes, do not worry, I am in fact writing the next episode on the music video front, the videography of Paul McCartney. And I'm glad so many of you have particularly pointed out my review of the With A Little Look music video. I think we had another email in a while back that said the exact same thing. And Warren, I'm also just so overjoyed that you responded so strongly to our Pipes of Peace episode because that was the whole point of that was to get people talking about Pipes of Peace again to get it back in the conversation to not just be totally overshadowed by tug of war and even if I just got you Warren to be so agilent about the album then I think I'm going to call that a victory over the vast obvious popularity of tug of war but hey what are you going to do? Oh, and a little final note there, Warren. If you actually heard the actual recordings, the original transcripts for these episodes, then I think you may actually appreciate my editing skills a little bit more because, oh, it's just inhuman, the audio for this show, before I actually have a good stab at it. And me making myself sound human is probably the main reason I don't just upload episodes daily because I could never allow any of you to know how I actually speak. Even the live episodes are heavily redacted with my stutter and stuff like that so uh, a little peek behind the curtain as it were for you there if you want to be like warren and david then please send me in an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com no matter how tenuous the link to mccartney whether it's your own album review of an album we've already covered or one that we're about to cover maybe you just want to shout out and say hey or even you have some paul mccartney story that you just have to get off your chest i love reading all of those out drop me an email links down below of course Check out our blog at www.wordpress.com slash McCartneyPod for all manner of bonus McCartney articles and content. Find us on Facebook and YouTube simply by typing in Paul or Nothing or Paul McCartney Podcast. And finally, of course, if you love the show, if you love what I've been doing, if you want to be like Warren, then please consider checking out our Patreon page where you can support the show for as little as 10 5 2 even $1 per month. It helps to keep the lights running on the show. It isn't free to keep this podcast on the web. I do the show in my own spare time whilst doing a full-time job. If you genuinely are enjoying this show, then please consider helping us expand, help us get new equipment, help even fund new episodes like our yesterday film review, my trip to see Mark Lewison's Hornsey Road, the recent Bruce McMouse episode, and our upcoming Hey Grand Dude book review that was all funded through our Patreon. If you want to be like them, folks, links down below. And now, finally, with all those plugs out the way, we can finally get on with our review of Lisa the Vegetarian. AKA one of the best Simpsons episodes ever.
Now, thankfully, I will not be tackling this immensely important episode of arguably the greatest television show of all time alone. No, I'm going to be with a man that's been on this podcast many times now, actually. You probably remember him from his fantastic turn on our McCartney 2 episode. Go back and check that out if you haven't Mm -hmm. already. We're also recording two episodes of our Tom Waits podcast later today and an episode of our pun game show tomorrow. Maybe a little bit more on that later. He's my best chum, my podcast virtuoso, and his name is Tom Quee. Welcome him back to the show. What's going on, dude? Well, welcome to my hey, house. Hey, Sam. I'm so happy to be back on this show. Obviously, I've been on it a few times, but I'm a fucking Paul or Nothing fan, man. And, you know, we did the Tom Waits show. We've done various other enterprises, but I, you know... In the same way that Lennon heard coming up and it seemed to have got him out of his shell a little bit and he just got, like, re-energised, catalysed by it. Uh, you know, I listen to your show, I listen to your episodes. Uh, even though you've done, like, nine Egypt Station episodes, <laughs> I still listen to them There's all. There's another one coming oh out. Oh, my God. There's another one coming oh out. Oh, my God. Record, record day this mm-hmm. year. He's releasing a double A-side oh, single. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's new tracks, I yeah. I can't wait for that. So, uh, yeah, Sam, thank you for having me, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. It's it's great to have you in my house. And this is the first for this podcast, actually. Uh, we've already done this once before at your place, where we did a couple of our bonus episodes for our Tom Waits podcast live together. But this is... Oh, no, we did, we did it in Oxford, didn't we? That's right, that's right, yeah. But basically, this is a new format for the show now. We've never done a live show, as it were, so this is going to be very, very fun. Did you manage to check out any of the Abbey Road 50th anniversary oh. Uh, You know, to be honest with you, I'm quite a cynical fan in the sense that I didn't like sit there with my headphones on and really pick it apart, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I have also delved in myself and I haven't found anything much of note. Um, You know, I heard you speaking with Nate of the Deep Purple Pod, which is a, you know, awesome podcast, who I've had on my Metallica show, Alf Metallica, if you're interested in Metallica, I've, you know, been going through the whole discography A to Z, every song, 160 or so with guests around the world, just about to conclude it really at the time I was recording this, or like the maybe there's 166 songs I think we're on the 163rd one or something like that but we are going to be continuing the show anyway I had Nate on and uh, you know I heard you discussing that as well and yeah you know there's the cool sort of she's so heavy extra takes and stuff like that but there wasn't to me this whole dredgy 50s anniversary whatever I don't really give a fuck low key about this like the albums are the albums for me it's the equivalent of someone being like oh you know that film you love Goodfellas which we both love everyone loves Goodfellas classic film be like oh yeah there were loads of scenes that Scorsese shot and they're out now it's like okay cool they're deleted scenes they're they're you know they're things you can tack onto it contextually but ultimately the product Abbey Road has been out for 50 years and this isn't really going to change anything so I look at them with a cursory historical archivist glance what's new what's old the white album of the extra sessions which we all knew about anyway I don't think they're going to dredge out much for let it be I don't really care because in my eyes as I say these products came out five decades ago and I've been loving them since the thing is if you're a real Beatle fan, you know your bootlegs already, yeah. and yeah. you've already gone mm-hmm. through this stuff, and this is just officiating and decriminalising what you've exactly, exactly, yeah, it's codifying doing. the knowledge. Like, I don't think many Lewisham level scholars are surprised by these releases. You know, you know there's, we're never going to get what we want, which is oh, by the way, in '68 they recorded another album that we never knew, yeah. knew about, yeah. and it was yeah. locked in a vault. And... Look, there's stuff out there. I mean, Lennon and McCartney <laughs> did that jam, right? Yeah, we're, we're going to be covering that as, as a, a yeah. toot and a snore. That's right, that's jam right. with Harry Nilsson and Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. which sounds amazing on paper, and then you realise, oh, they're just all coked out there. Well, Harry Nilsson, who, you know, people most know from the Midnight Cowboy soundtrack, um, yeah. I can, you know, um, but... And Lennon's fucking... 
Yeah, yeah. Partly but crime, yeah. He... He's a really interesting cat. I've been listening to a lot recently. His debut album, he has a song in it. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like two and a half minutes. But it's basically 18 Beatles songs in one. He just takes the the melodies from all these songs and segues, like a huge sort of montage. Really, really cool. And if I remember correctly, his third album is his second and first album played on top of each other. Like, you didn't write any new music. You, like, mixed the albums together. Like, he's a pretty out-there cat. That's but... like a terrible McCartney pipes of peace and total yeah, war yeah, post yeah. idea. So, so, you know, oh, these no. things do exist out there. But for me, personally, no. Um, you know, in terms of music I'm listening to, kind of just Pedro the Lion, if anyone's aware of those, sort of early 2000, kind of uh, dissonant alternative trio. But Enough not Pedro the Lion, mate. Um, this yeah. is a Paul McCartney podcast. Okay. podcast. Yeah. But this is about Paul McCartney on The Simpsons. The Simpsons oh, yeah, is yeah. a very popular show that you may or may not have heard of about the Simpson family and their exploits in the American way of life. Look, this is a conversation time that you may have had many, many times before. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the way that the Beatles are so clearly the greatest band ever, yeah. is The Simpsons truly the greatest television show of all time? Uh, it's certainly the greatest comedy of all time. Greatest comedy. Certainly the greatest comedy. I, uh, probably overpowers The Sopranos just because there's so many episodes. But for me, I think yeah, there's... But yeah, but there's not 18 seasons of shit Sopranos. No, there isn't. Going no, there for isn't. 20 years where it's like Paulie's kid. Mm-hmm. And The Sopranos we discovered later in life and it's hard to divorce the fact that, you know, The Simpsons we watched since we were children before this, we could even this, remember this, watching this it. The and it's sculpted... drama sculpt- versus comedy thing, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but it sculpted our sense of humour. And the the intelligence and emotion that it imbues within the show. I would know nothing about America if not for The Simpsons yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the important thing about The Simpsons is it, their history. So in the 70s, it's the world in the 70s. So you learn about Nixon and whatever and when Homer's younger and, and Abe and such. But, but yeah, culturally, you would have only known about certain movie montages or references or songs or, or whatever. anyone in our... But that's not to say that it's just not really funny as well. Like, it's so snappy. It's just important. At least those early seasons, people talk about the golden era of The Simpsons, which is kind of seasons two to nine. Yeah, I think that's about right. Two to ten, perhaps. Ten, a lot of people don't like. Ten's very different to Um, nine, but yeah. And they're on, what, 20 plus seasons now? Something like that. I mean, they've been going since the early 90s, yeah. It's a a ridiculous number. It is the most successful show of all time. Mm -hmm. All the actors make at least a mill a fucking episode. At least, at least, yeah. yeah. What makes The Simpsons the, the best of its craft is the writing, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And the reason The Simpsons have these ebb and flows, very much like Saturday Night Live, you know, we can't really say this for sure, but Saturday Night Live, according to my inner sources, is very much reliant on the writers of each season. And The Simpsons had this stable of writers, like a fucking 50s movie studio, mm-hmm. And at some point, the writers that resonated with our generation had left, and these people who had grown up watching The Simpsons kind of came in and took over, and it was no longer this edgy, counterculture, anti-sitcom thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and we are in the prime of the parody still, but the, the point of the sitcom back in that kind of prime 90s, early 2000s era was that there was also a message as well mm-hmm. and the message of this episode of The Simpsons is that Lisa becomes a vegetarian and she has remained a vegetarian yeah like Barney getting Ever sober since. one of those rare kind of burns being shot one of those things that exists in the lineage of the show yeah yeah The Simpsons kind of has this weird timeline where it's kind of, kind of always moving with the modern era yes yes like, like, like Homer's Childhood was in the 70s now, then it was in the 80s now, now it's like in the 90s well no one of the most hated Simpsons episodes that 90s show yeah. reinvents Homer's past as being in the 90s because obviously 20 years ago would have been 1990 at the time of, of transmission course. but be like hated, that, hated that idea yeah. and yeah we've basically had 
not that many changes in the show that have been permanent at all. And it's great to see that one of them is such a, a noble yet minor choice. Mm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's like someone's murdered anyone or someone's died. Just Lisa has become a vegetarian and that had to stay. That had to stay in the show as one of the stipulations yep. of the guest that is on this episode. Of course, oh. this is Paul or Nothing. Paul McCartney, as one of his stipulations, said Lisa had to remain a vegetarian. Damn. That, I didn't know that was Paul behind Oh, that. yeah, no, that is Damn. our man, Macca. Fucking hell. Yeah, he's repping that shit constantly. That's putting the, the, the... That's big dick energy telling The Simpsons what to do. I don't think we need to explain who Paul McCartney is or why he's important. No. What are some of your favourite Simpsons episodes of all time, Tom? Just to give us well, a, a frame of reference. So hard to say. King Size Homer. Mm-hmm. I think it's arguably the greatest ever episode of The Simpsons in the sense where it's 22 minutes of gold moment after moment after moment mm-hmm. um, it really makes my hair stand on end I've always loved the fake history of Jebediah Springfield yeah. I think that's a really well and again a Lisa episode and again an episode with a real deep message about the val- the validity of history and how important it is to community and really... children's children's yeah, yeah, children for six months <laughs> yeah <laughs> And uh, yeah, great turn by Donald Sutherland as Dell in the voice, but most of the episodes in Yeah, you know, you're your, your colon episodes, your monorail, your college stuff. But honestly, I can just point to any, like, um, I was very lucky in the sense that I live near this kind of like, you know, little low key, slightly run down shopping centre, and they have a charity shop in there. And I was walking by, and they have like a game and a CEX, whatever, and you sort of look in the window, and I saw Simpsons season five on DVD for £2, <gasps> like, complete. So I bought it straight away, went back, binged the whole season, you know, encountering stuff like The Last Temptation of Homer and Boy Scouts in the Hood and, oh you know, all like, these episodes. And, dude, yeah. I just bought Goodnight Tonight on vinyl, which is only eight minutes of song for three quid. And you've yeah, got a whole, for a whole 24 piece. episodes. So, uh, yeah, you know, always been a giant Simpsons fan and always will be. And... Disney Plus, whenever you hit these shores, we don't know when it's going to be. Uh, you know, me and Sam are going to be first to buy it because yeah. to have Simpsons on tap Disney, is like... Disney, thank you for yeah. buying Fox. That was, that was, that was yeah, great. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Other greats for me would be like Homer's Enemy, mm. Itchin' Scratchy Land. Itchin' Scratchy Land, probably the most quotable episode. Lemon of Troy. Lemon of Troy, stunning Jesus episode. Christ, the writing yeah. in that is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it really is. When um, the dog goes through the door of the RV as well, the, the, yeah. the muzzle, yeah. Can you remember some of the other great Beatle moments on the Simpsons? Beatles moments. Yeah, so um, we were discussing this a little bit before. Uh, obviously in the B-Sharps episode, which is the Beatles episode, which you know we should cover a little bit maybe in the future. Which is a whole Beatles episode in of itself. Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Homer's yeah. Barbershop Quartet. George figures in that one, right? It's been done. <laughs> yeah, George. Oh, no, but he's in it earlier as well with the brownies, isn't he? Yeah, so there's, there, there's that fantastic <laughs> episode. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. Where did you get that brownie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, seems uh, like, it seems like a nice gent or something like that. There's a whole pile of them just over there. <laughs> and then Homer's yeah. like, oh, nom, nom. <laughs> and then that's, that's when Harrison goes... What a nice fella. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's such a I love how all the Beatle moments are very understated. It's really that's the, really like Monty Python-esque. Yeah, like yeah. And then obviously you've got Ringo's I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's the one when uh, Marge has been painting pictures of Ringo. Yeah, I don't remember the episode either, but and I remember that. It's yeah. got one of the greatest Simpson jokes ever in terms of how Ringo's still answering his fan mail yeah. from the sixties. He's yeah, like, yeah, My yeah. favourite colour's blue. Yeah. And my favourite you know, it's like he's just answering this really inane fire. She used to post uh, paint loads of Portraits of him, right? Correct, correct. And um, Lennon doesn't figure too much, but we do have the Flanders scene where Flanders is revealed as a closet Beatles fanatic. Yeah, um, you probably haven't. You probably don't remember this scene. I've actually just got it now. We'll, we'll uh, just play it here. 
Wow, Mr. Flanders is really into the Beatles. What are the Beatles? They wrote all the songs on Maggie's baby records. John Lemon, Orange Harrison, Paul McIce T, Mango Star. Hey Bart, how about a blast from the past? A 40-year-old novelty beverage? Hand it over. <laughs> Yellow matter custard dripping from a dead dog's eye. I don't feel so fab. So yeah, I've just shown Tom there the Simpsons epi epi episode clip yep. where um, Bart and Milhouse stumble into Flanders' secret beetle room. A room that one day I myself would like to have. There are so many people out there that I know in the podcasting scene will have a room that is mm -hmm. adorned with beetle paraphernalia like Flanders has. But just shout out to, to the Simpsons team here. They clearly know their beetle shit. They are clearly fans. There were so many references there that only the most ardent beetle yeah. fan would ever get. Carpentry with the Beatles, Fixing the Hole... In my drywall. In my drywall, yeah. That's fantastic. And just all the album covers recreated on the back as well, and all the little lines of dialogue, and the <laughs> fact little... that they try and escape in the yellow submarine. And... Yeah, and Homer's little mention of Michael Jackson owning all the songs. Yeah, parts. pretty dark ending to that whole sequence, but... Which we'll be going into in our, in our Pops of Peace episode. Do keep your ear to the ground for that one. But yeah, that's a really fun sequence, that is. Love that. Simpsons, man. There is nothing that they will never touch the Simpsons in did terms it. of pop culture. Yeah, the Simpsons did it. And I'm just so glad that an episode like this exists. <laughs> like, you know how Tom Waits did The Wire for you, and, and that was like one mm -hmm, of your favourite mm -hmm. shows, and we did a podcast about yep, it? Yep. I'm just so glad that, like, in, in the way that like, Kanye did songs with Paul's well, I've got to talk about Kanye for ages. So, like, I'm just so glad that I get to talk about something else that I love so much, yeah. and how it connects to Paul and the Beatles. There's mm -hmm. nothing that they don't touch. Quick question, though. Have you ever contemplated a vegetarian lifestyle or enacted <laughs> any vegetarian I initiatives? I haven't. And maybe that's the proximity because none of my family ever have as well. Obviously, I love my girlfriend at the moment who also isn't a vegetarian. I do understand the plight. And, you know, I am open... I can imagine your girlfriend is a vegetarian. Uh, yeah, no, she's not. And, um, but... They, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of Rise Against Music videos and Peter things on YouTube, and I understand the duress that these animals go under, and I do feel kind of bad. But I think this, I've listened to too much Joe Rogan, and I'm going to eat meat for the rest of my life, so I don't <laughs> with a bow and arrow yeah. and just rip it off the bone like Henry VIII. Just, exactly. Argh. But uh, sorry, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to keep eating those fish. Are there any vegetarian foods that you like? Have you like a veggie curry or halloumi? I mean, yeah, all of that stuff's yeah, yeah. great. Like, I'm not, you know, prejudiced against meat or for meat or whatever, but just for me, um, I need that slab of skin. I think if the government enacted a law saying, you know, you could only eat meat on weekends... Wow. I don't think I'd How vote, would they enforce that? I think I'd vote against it. Could, because I'd like to exploit the black market that it would create as well. The back market, yeah. <laughs> Paul's been a veggie himself, dude, for about four decades now. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, I read online that a lot of people accuse Linda of like getting you into it in that whole like, 
oh, the missus is making him do it sort mm-hmm. of way. But it actually goes back much further than that to one of two stories. I'm not sure which one is true. I think I think you know one of these. Yeah. The first one is he's fishing and he throws the line in. And yes, I, the, I remember a poster of this in, in like Rolling Stone or something years later. It's him kind of looking and there's a the, the, basically the story is written on the poster and it says yeah he was reeling this fish in it hooked in its mouth because you know I've been fishing my own dad before and you pull the fish in and then you throw it back whatever but he realised it's like you know my entertainment is its pain and that that you know. Who can not empathise with that? You know, he, he didn't want to be in the position where, where that fish was, so why would the fish want to... Want yeah, to, imagine a fish be... reeling mackerel. That'd be awful. Mackerel. Yeah, mackerel. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I remember when I went fishing with my dad in Cornwall once, and we had the fish, and we chucked it in a Tesco bag, and like it was like writhing in the Tesco bag be- be- oh, yeah. between my seat and the footwell of the car. It was... every, little, every little kelps. Oh, it just it, it yeah. scarred me for life. The other one is that... In an odd parallel to this episode that we're going to get into shortly, uh, Paul was eating some lamb with Linda, mm. in possibly in their home in Scotland, possibly on the Mullican Tire, I'm not, not quite sure. And they look out the window and they see the lambs and they make the connection. And right. that the lamb they're eating now is the lamb that's out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, uh, it's all a, li- a little bit muggy. Uh, he definitely stopped eating meat in 1975 and has gone to become an ethical vegetarian since then, which basically means like he'll eat eggs if, if he has the chickens he'll drink the milk if sure if, sure if, you know he he has live the off the land stuff. Yeah, yeah the sure. heart of the country where the holy people grow mm-hmm. he is no half-assed meat eater though mate he campaigns a lot he is doing these posters he, he, um, it, 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 it's one of his great passions he'll he'll yeah. be, he'll be on tv about it he actually does some music for one of Lin- linda mccartney's sausage ranges i think for like one one of the adverts which is oh i didn't weird, know that that's a weird, cool a weird mix that's cool i know um, i that yeah you know he's done he's done benefits and cookbooks mm-hmm. there are a couple of mccartney cookbooks out there yeah now, yeah which would be a very interesting kind of episode like i'll try and make some of the mccartney recipes maybe mm, i like that idea um it all culminated though in something called Meat Free Mondays, and I'm gonna have to sh- I'm gonna have to briefly pause the episode again and and, and show Tom this clip okay. of Meat Free Mondays. Just log in, pledge dot meat free Mondays or one word dot com, pledge dot meat free Mondays dot com, pledge dot meat free Mondays dot com, pledge dot meat free Mondays dot com. You can do it right now, please. So we've just watched the Paul's rap. Look, what was, what is Meat Free? I still don't get what Meat Free Mondays is. Is it meat? Is it so just so? But he doesn't explain the idea. But I guess it's self evident that yeah, on a Monday you don't you know you 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 don't eat the meat, man. Yeah, you climatize towards the broccoli and shit. And, like. and the Christians on the Fridays they're only e- e- eating the fish. So you know, mm-hmm, there's, there's like mm-hmm. a lot. There's, there's a lot of days with no meat now. Like, why Monday though? Like, surely Friday is the the day when most. I guess it's the f- it's the start of the week. You're getting the weekly shopping on the Sunday. You were str- you know. Yeah, and you, you, you know, you've definitely got hummus in the house. <laughs> I got hummus in the house. <laughs> Futon. But yeah, Paul is a proper veggie man. He's a proper. Veggie. Oh yeah, no, he is. He's he's, probably, he's one he's one of the most famous vegetarians in the history of the world. Except maybe like Hitler. Hitler, yeah. <laughs> Macron like, and Hitler. Um, the fact that he's still going, he's still touring and performing to this day. The fact that he was still able to get up on on stage and give us a fantastic show. True. Last December, without any meat, without without any meat in his system, he's still performing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a testament mm-hmm. to good be, point. To good vegetarianism. Point. It is. Mick it is. Jagger as well, still dancing on on stage. Is he a veggie? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting, mate. Well, there's something to it, clearly. But yeah, 
did you like Paul's little rap there for No Meat Mondays? I was I was confused by it. It was cool to see him, and you know I don't want to disparage the man, but he is growing increasingly feminine, and he looks quite feminine on the Simpsons cartoon. And he has his kind of like you know his his Chrissy Hyde kind of do on, and his kind of suede shirt. But um, shout out Paul, love Paul. Paul, you're a billionaire. Just why can't you buy MeatFreeMondays.com? Why does he pledge up MeatFreeMondays? Like you've 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 lost a million people there, Paul. You've lost a million. Like you know what I mean? Just put the money in. Let's quickly debrief everyone on the episode in question and the people involved. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about Lisa the Vegetarian, the fifth episode of the seventh season of The Simpsons, making it episode 133 overall. Oh, interesting. First release on American screens on the 15th of October, 1995. I would have been three, you would have I, been four. I, no, I would have still been three. Oh, you still yeah, still I was born three. in 92, March 92, so yeah. So yeah, we would have both been three years old. Very strong season. The old seventh season of The Simpsons, everyone. It's just a high point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, still, just continual high point, yeah. A high point with a lengthy decline of constantly putting out shit every year. Where have I heard something like that on this podcast before, eh? It almost sounds hey. a bit like a certain someone's career. Look. Where, where was in a fan base like that? I don't mm-hmm, know. I don't mm-hmm. know. This is directed by Matt Kirkland. Directed 83 total Simpsons episodes. Stretching as far back as Dancing Homer and Bart gets hit by a car. Back in the early 90s, right the way through to 101 Mitigations, which he directed this year, which I haven't seen. Really? Apparently, wow, this year? The plot is just uh, Homer hits comic book guy with a car. Okay. Or, or steals comic book guy's car, something like that. Right, right, right. It sounds terrible. Yeah. But yeah, this guy has some greats. He's got Homer and Apu, Lisa's First Word, mm. Fear of Flying, mm. some huge names. This is where the corn grown, Lisa! <laughs> Though, most importantly, bro. For this episode especially, he directed Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Yes. This, that's, this guy, oh, that's this, crazy. That the same, yeah, that's mad. This I guy's a that. huge Beatles fan. This guy's a massive mm. Beatle head. I'm not sure how all of this works, but the showrunner was veteran Dave Kirkland, who was the official showrunner for yep. five and six. Yet, this is the seventh, but it says that he was the showrunner for it. So There's some um, overspill. Yeah, like, like you know, in, mm-hmm. in The Simpsons, unless you d- directly leave, like roles just kind of change. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was like a bleeding over there. But this guy has been, you know, he's been deep in The Simpsons since day one, really. This is the guy, actually. And I think I heard this on something about The Beatles. He, he flew out to meet McCartney and record the lines. McCartney didn't come into the classic yeah, yeah, Simpsons yeah. studio and do that great footage, like from, say, the NSYNC episode mm-hmm, or the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones episode. It feels, it, it feels a little that way. It feels a little disjointed. Not in a bad way, but no, it no, feels slightly he, he doesn't interact with Apu. He reads his lines and yeah. they, they know they're going to fill it around whatever he yeah. said. Dave, um, Mark Kirkland, uh, sorry, Dave Merkin flies out and apparently in a previous meeting or through like hearsay, Paul knew that Dave had got this really great like vegetarian meat paste or, ve- or meat alternative. Mm. And he got it from McCartney, put it in the plane, not realised that it had to be refrigerated. And like as it was on the table, ready for like McCartney and Linda to eat, he realised that it could kill them. And mm. he nearly killed Paul and Linda McCartney Damn. with like this rotten meat paste. Two thirds of London town, that's crazy. That could have been that, that could have been a, a very different album yeah. indeed. Yeah. Matt Groening actually missed that flight and called it one of the biggest regrets of his life. Mm-hmm. Are, you saying, are you saying Matt Groening couldn't get a lunch with Paul McCartney in the 20 years since... Matt, you invented the characters but did none of the writing Groening. Matt, um, I'm going to say it right now. Disenchantment was nowhere near as bad as everyone else was saying it was. That's what I'm going to say. Oh no, the sound design was abysmal. 
absolutely abysmal. Uh, Yeah, characters' movements and the overall diegetic ambience of the series was so below par. It reeked of low budget. It was just... I felt like I was being attacked by a brigand. But let's get back to this episode. It sounded like a guy with a microphone in Paul McCartney's flat recording random lines, you know? Also, writing this episode, we've got David X. Cohen, who's listed as David S. Cohen in the This episode. was before... So basically, you have to have an individual name when you're in the Writers Guild. Yeah. And there was already a David S. Cohen, but this was before he realised that, I believe. So David oh, X was his okay. later moniker, yeah. That's interesting. Big names for this guy as well. The Prestige Does Not Stop. Deep Space Homer. Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. Mm. Homer and Apu. Mm. I, I could go on. Really? <laughs> I mean, he didn't feature on the Barbershop Quartet episode, so I guess what you can kind of go on is that this episode, first and foremost, is going to be about vegetarianism and not about Paul McCartney yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and Linda McCartney. Apparently, he, he came up with the idea whilst writing another episode, and he was stuck in the queue at the, the Fox staff canteen, and he just wrote on the, on the back of his pad, Lisa becomes vegetarian? Question mark. And the whole episode that we get to review here today comes from there. Mm. Now, basically, we're going to go off and watch the episode now, and we're going to be right back with our full review in three, two, one. (laughs) I never realized before, but some itchy and scratchy cartoons send the message that violence against animals is funny. Say what? Cartoons don't have messages, Lisa. They're just a bunch of hilarious stuff, you know, like people getting hurt and stuff, stuff like that. Look, kids, I just got my party invitations back from the printers. Come to Homer's BBBQ. The extra B is for BYOBB. What's that extra B for? That's a typo. Dad, can't you have some other kind of party, one where you don't serve meat? But all normal people love meat. If I went to a barbecue and there was no meat, I would say, Yo, Goober, where's the meat? I'm trying to impress people here, Lisa. You don't win friends with salad. 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 I didn't mean to take sides. I just got caught up in the rhythm. Hey everyone, we're back and we've just we've just seen Lisa the vegetarian featuring special guest Paul. And Linda McCartney. Uh, so how are we going to do this? So let's just review the episode in general. Sure, sure. Uh, as, as a Simpson episode, oh my God, this is... Classic, Out of this world. Classic example of joke per every 20 seconds. Like, you, you, you're just Incredible. laughing constantly. You are, you are bending, you're doubled over with how much you are, you are laughing. There are so many great jokes. The writing is top-notch. This is peak Simpsons, essentially, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm glad that Paul got a spot in this phase. You know, he didn't have to come in in the Lady Gaga era to to promote no. Egypt Station or something really no. cringe. Driving rain or something. Oh yeah. my gosh! The episode in brief, after a trip to the. It's like a little yeah, it's like a petting zoo, zoo for Maggie. Yeah, yeah and and we we said this before that Simpsons episodes generally tend to open with three or four minutes in a certain locale, and then it will go elsewhere, and the mm-hmm. the seeds of the plot will be sown. And this one brilliantly does that. Like as you said when we watched these, the set pieces of all the various gags going through um, is 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 wonderful. And yeah, essentially yeah. we meet a cute lamb that Lisa bonds with, and this is the impetus for her eventual climb to vegetarianism. Aww. 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 
see. It was a good idea to come here after all. Attention, families. This is Mother Goose. The following cars have been broken into. And that's the thing, we, we actually mentioned this in the episode, uh, one of the things this episode does so well is it actually does sell the idea of yeah. vegetarianism well. There's some and vivid scenes here, there's some quite troubling stuff that for a child, for an impressionable youth, or even for a fucking 49 year old or whatever, yeah. it's it's showing both sides of the argument brilliantly without bias. Yeah, there is one scene in particular where Lisa envisages the little lamb, oh she's got lamb chops in front of her, and the lamb chops kind of... Make up this yeah, jigsaw. Yeah, the missing parts. Yeah, of the lamb, and she and she makes the connection with the lamb very much like Paul and Linda do, mm-hmm. and therefore she cannot meet any more. Yeah. Uh, so I guess she she like comes back home and. Please, Lisa. I thought you loved me. Loved me. What's wrong, Lisa? Didn't you get enough lamb chops? I can't eat this. I can't eat a poor little lamb. Lisa, get a hold of yourself. This is lamb, not a lamb. What's the difference between this lamb and the one that kissed me? This one spent two hours in the broiler. But sensible bites. All right, Lisa, if you don't want lamb chops, there's lots of other things I can make. Chicken breast, rump roast, hot dogs. No, I can't. I can't eat any of them. The rest of the episode for about the next half is about her struggling against the systematic oppression of vegetarianism, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and like, she can't avoid it even externally or domestically. Homer yeah. with the barbecue. Yeah, Homer's got a barbecue. The school does not provide a vegetarian option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what doesn't know. have meat in it? <laughs> Probably the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the independent thought alarm, which I reckon yeah. McCartney would have loved that joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would love that kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And like the idea where Skinner goes, now, to, now for us to have a nice and, and a cogent debate, sit in silence and watch this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, then we get a Troy McClaw, oh, so, yeah, PSA, the, so which is wonderful. In special guests in this episode, it is Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, and... Phil Hartman. And Phil Hartman. Absolutely. R.I.P. Phil Hartman. Absolute Phil legend. shot in the head by his crazy Yeah, Phil worked with Joe Rogan early on. Phil, we said this before, and I, I don't mean any disrespect, but his passing kind of signified the end of classic Simpsons to me. I still love the Simpsons beyond that, but, 100%. you know, um, but kind of kind of went with that Dr. His, Zayas. His, his presence is just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice then. The, like, he's clearly relishing the quality of the written material he's got to deal with. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such educational films as 2 minus 3 equals negative fun and Firecrackers, the silent killer. Mr. McClure? Oh, hello, Bobby. Jimmy, I'm curious as to how meat gets from the ranch to my stomach. Whoa, 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 slow down, Jimmy. You just asked a mouthful. It all starts here in the high-density feedlot. Then when the cattle are just right, mm, it's time for them to graduate from Bovine University. Come on, Jimmy. Let's take a peek at the killing floor. (gasps) Don't let the name throw you, Jimmy. It's not really a floor. It's more of a steel grating that allows material to sluice through so it can be collected and exported. So that happens, and then, uh, you know, essentially the barbecue goes down, and it leads to... um, against it, of course. Well, yeah, Lisa... To make a stand in a kind of almost terrorist way, political aims, uh, dispose of the pig, and the pig flies, and we get the you know Mr. Burns when pigs fly kind of, of course, uh, attitude, yeah. which is so, which like, is hilarious. Yeah, so. yeah, the, yeah. The idea is Lisa kind of goes through the the first part of the, of the episode just kind of moaning, and then it's about her trying to change people mm-hmm. and make them 
uh, yeah. become vegetarians and see her way, blah, blah, blah. And then after she, she storms out and ruins Homer's barbecue, she ends up in the Quickie Mart of all places. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, like, in a kind of... She eats oh, meat. Oh, yeah, in a suicidal moment, she, like, yeah, eats... Yeah, martyrdom. She eats the meat, which is almost a... a, 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 a pause, right? pause, like, like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Hypnotise. <laughs> 2005 Gregor but she eats it and Ho- uh, Apu uh, reveals that it's actually tofu it was a, it was a, it was a tofu uh, for, diet for, fr- <laughs> for thrice the uh, calories I think or thrice the price but uh, yeah. yeah and then there's so, the wonderful gag that leads us up to the garden right the non-alcoholic beer yeah so no one ever goes in the, in no the of course no one ever section. no one's ever asked for that yeah. yeah and he goes upstairs and he's got this very Maharishi Rishikesh absolutely garden. absolutely and Apu reveals that an octopus's garden of course and Apu re- reveals in this garden above the quickie mark this classic Simpsons locale there is sat Paul and Linda McCartney mm-hmm. looking very much like a very accurate re- rendition yes of yes. mid-90s Paul and Linda McCartney Paul looks quite feminine his eyebrows are very high but he yeah, looks good he looks they've good they've both got coloured irises which is they do which is very unique yeah. very very rare as well none of the other Beatles had that either in their appearances no George is the best looking one George is the one that most looks like him at his time yeah I think Paul I think mid 90s Paul looked a bit like that kind of jowly kind of old but still quite sprightly yeah, but both wearing terrible 90s generic wear yeah yeah a lot of waistcoats and kind a of lot of waistcoats like definitely. brash kind of yeah. shirt well but yeah we have loose fitting shit you know We've had uh, me and Sam are dedicated Simpsons fans, oh, yeah. and we've seen so many celebrity cameos. That, that, you know, uniformly brilliant. Like think about Alec Baldwin and uh, Ron Howard and Kim Basinger. That, that's like one of the best ones as well. But uh, I think Paul and Linda, and especially Paul, like the writing with a poo there to kind of just be a, a sounding board. Yeah. It works. Yeah. I know it is not easy to be a vegetarian, Lisa. That's why I ran away from home. What? She's leaving home. Wow, Paul McCartney. I read about you in history class. But where's your wife, Linda? Right here, Lisa. Whenever we're in Springfield, we like to hang out in Apu's garden in the shade. We met him in India years ago during the Maharishi days. Back then, I was known as the fifth beetle. Sure you were, Apu. You know what, Lisa? Paul and Linda are vegetarians too. In fact, Linda has her own line of vegetarian entrees. Apu, I'm sure the last thing we want to talk about is... We weren't satisfied with the other vegetarian meals on the market. You'd be surprised how often you'd find a big hunk of pork in them. Ew. Linda and I both feel strongly about animal rights. In fact, if you play Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, you'll hear a recipe for a really ripping lentil soup. When will all those fools learn that you can be perfectly healthy simply eating vegetables, fruits, grains and cheese? Ooh! Cheese? You don't eat cheese, Apu? No, I don't eat any food that comes from an animal. Oh, then you must think I'm a monster. Yes, indeed, I do think that. But I learned long ago, Lisa, to tolerate others rather than forcing my beliefs on them. You know, you can influence people without badgering them always. It's like Paul's song, Live and Let Live. Actually, it was Live and Let Die. Whatever, whatever. It had a good rhythm. I guess I have been pretty hard on a lot of people. Especially my dad. Thanks, you guys. Lisa, before you go, would you like to hear a song? Wow, that'd be great. Okay, take it up, Poop. I'm Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club man. I hope I will enjoy my show. So yeah, we've just watched this, the man, and I knew of this this episode going in. This is one of my favourites, but I hadn't actually watched it in a while, yeah. and it's quite breathtaking when Paul's there. It's like, oh my yeah, gosh, they've is. actually got this guy to do this. 
it, it doesn't quite... I mean, Michael Jackson kind of ironically tops Paul in terms of, like, the the most important cameo ever. Uh, you know what I mean? Because, like, he's so involved... Paul's better than Michael. No, 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 but he's involved in the episode. He's, he's like, in terms of, like, right, screen, right, screen. Right, like, right, like, right, Paul right. doesn't get a lot of screen time here. No, But for no. the screen time that he is available on screen, you are just, like, your mouth's agape. Like, oh, my God, they've actually... Mm-hmm. They've, mm-hmm. they've pulled this off. And everything that's said is a joke for some sort of ardent Beatles fan. Like, Apu was the fifth Beatle... Yeah, sure you were, Apu. Paul mentions, if you play Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, you'll get a really ripping recipe for a lentil soup. Yeah, yeah. And we actually have that clip right now. Uh, if you play Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, this is what you get. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to play that for Tom now. We'll see mm-hmm, if we we'll mm-hmm. can pick anything out of the mix. Maybe we'll make a lentil soup after this episode. So yeah, I've just shown Tom that clip, and yeah, they actually do go the extra yeah. mile, and they put Paul's. It's it's not quite good in the YouTube fucking torrent mix, but apparently in that episode you can go and listen to Paul talking about a lentil soup recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, he also mentions at the very end of that he says, "Oh, and I'm still alive." By the way, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic reference to the to, to the Paul is dead stuff that we've covered on the show. Far too much. Far too much. Uh, but one of the things I just I just want to really re- re- reinforce with, with this episode, it, it does sell vegetarianism in such a vivid way. Like yeah. it's not there's no humour derived from being a vegetarian. The humour is derived from the ignorance of, of from blind meat eaters and the systematic way that it's so hard for a vegetarian to like exist in this modern world. That's where the jokes come from. They, they don't come from oh ha ha you eat meat. When jokes are like that, you are laughing at the person making those yeah, jokes. Yeah. And it's, it's brilliant that the writer of this episode is such an ardent vegetarian as well. Because if it was written by anyone else, I don't think it would have the effect that it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul's cameo, though. My God. It is it is titanic in this series. And of course, even though it's only a minor little moment, it's probably about a minute, a minute thirty long, you know, top, the episode does play out with Maybe I'm Amazed. I mean, yeah, the episode almost, even though it's such a giant thing for Lisa to become a vegetarian and change a lot of the ideology of the show, it's almost like the Paul is still the, the main thing about this episode. Like That's what people remember. And it, do you remember his first line? She's leaving home. That's what he says. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. And you know, obviously that's a McCartney Lennon song. Yeah, man. It, <laughs> I can't believe there are so many little jokes. Like It's not yeah. Homer's Barbershop Quartet, but in those 90 seconds... They do manage to squeeze a whole lot in, like it's like Paul's song "Live and Let Live." Actually, yeah, yeah, was, they it, did. It, it, yeah. Actually, it was "Live and Let Die." Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that it's, this episode was written by fans and it wasn't written by the modern corporate Simpsons entity that that we have now. And we and we get some sort of you know, oh, the, that Lady Gaga episode, folks. Yeah, do yeah, not yeah. go out and watch it. Like it sounds kind of ignorant. Like, oh, don't go and watch the new Simpsons because the Simpsons that I liked when I was young was better. But but it, it was. But but it actually was, folks. It it sounds horrible. It's yeah, like, it's chill. Yeah, it was. It's like you know you have to be objective in Paul's discography. Some albums are better than the others, and with the Simpsons, many seasons are better than others, and a lot more are worse than a select few. Tom, overall, would you say that this is up in your top? Top ranking Simpson episodes. I mean, it's hard to say, but I think it's faultless. You know, I think I enjoyed every second of watching this uh, from all angles. And it, you know, The Simpsons is, is it has such a surplus of quality that you can say 
what your favourite seasons are rather than even episodes. Yeah, you can be like, literally, this batch of 24 episodes I would die for. And it's like, you know, this is just in the golden era and I think this doesn't miss a step. It's awe-inspiring. You yeah. cannot believe that so many jokes are landing in such exactly. quick succession. Exactly. I wanted to apologise. I don't know exactly what went wrong, but I know it's always my fault. Actually, Dad, this time I was wrong. <gasps> Two. Oh. While I was gone, I got some really good advice from Paul and Linda McCartney. Rock stars, is there anything they don't know? I still stand by my beliefs, but I can't defend what I did. I'm sorry I messed up your barbecue. I understand, honey. I used to believe in things when I was a kid. Come on, I'll give you a piggyback ride. Uh, whoops, I mean a veggie back ride home. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm amazed to wait. Not much to say about Paul in this episode. This is just a little. No, I love. I love the fact that it ends with maybe I'm amazed. Yeah. And you know, I want to point people back to McCartney too. When I was on the show before. Of course, that was such. And a we good also episode. reviewed when we saw McCartney live. And I said before in both of those episodes when I came on to do uh, Wings Over America. Wings of Speed of Sound, Wings Over America. No, 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 no. It, was, it was it was Wings Over America. Yeah. And you slagged off the. Amazon. I slagged it off so bad because I still think it's terrible. Sorry to upset everyone. Medicine, medicine jars hacky. Um, the uh, I think I think I was so acidic in my vitriol that it corrupted the memory of the yeah, tape. Yeah, but well, I mean, not not to like you know reveal the recipe too much. It was it was just a case of like this cannot be seen by like, you know you know yeah. when, when like governments have like files that cannot be leaked to the to like, mm-hmm, the public. Mm-hmm. It was, if Snowden was around for these tapes, fuck me. The Snowden of podcasting, just releasing those original watch the Watchman tapes, Dicky like, leaks. Oh, oh. Just let's not get into it. But yeah, this has been Paul or nothing, man. I'm so glad that we've mm-hmm. done a little bonus episode today. Me and Tom rarely ever get to see each other, and when we and when we do, we turn it into content for podcast, which is always fun. Uh, we didn't do a full housekeeping on this episode, so make sure you check us out on Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. Send us an email to PaulMcCartneyPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube, simply by typing in Paul McCartneyPod or Paul or Nothing. Check out our WordPress, which is just PaulMcCartneyPod.wordpress.com. Check out all the Tom shit, which I will be linking to down below. Thank you, thank you. Um, Got to mention another thing we're doing at the moment, which is called Pun It. Yeah. It's a pun-based game show that we've been playing for at least 10 years, mm-hmm. since the early days in school now. It's your show, man. Uh, do, you want to, do, you want, do you want to point people to twice? Yeah, yeah, it, thanks, Sam. Yeah, it's a competitive wordplay game show, podcast, and we've done three episodes so far. Like Sam says, it's just kind of us taking categories like, you know, breakfast cereal and Nintendo and just coming up with Marriott's or whatever and just playing that sort of idea with it. And it's been really fun so far. We've got people emailing in and offering up their own answers and people wanting to come on the show and the reception's been grand. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in, in the... Excuse me, in the slightest in that, I'm sure if you like Simpsons, I'm sure if you like Macca, you like wordplay. So, uh, yeah. And obviously I'm a contestant on the Oh yeah, show. Sam's a regular, I mean Sam's a sort of co-owner uh, of the brand and Sam's regularly on the show. And, and I, I won the last episode actually. You won the last Ep- episode, so we've done three episodes. episodes. Ryan, I, you know, our good friend Ryan has won the first two and Sam actually won the third. So uh, the future looks bright, the future looks Sam well. So yeah guys, I mean this has been a treat to be on Paul and I think again. I love your show Sam. And I mean when am I next coming on for an album? 
We're doing we're doing fireman. It's gonna, it's gonna be fireman. So yeah. that, so that, so Mac is like experimental phase. I want to cover that with you definitely. Yeah, we've definitely. Have you done the um the children's hour or whatever it's called? No, what's it called? The, the, the family, family way. Hour. So the family way should have been the first episode. Have you done it yet? No, we should do it. We should do the family. It's good. I love it. Do you? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's yeah, good. I really like it. I really like it. So, guys, thanks again. Any, I mean, yeah, it's your show. Sorry, Sam. Close it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so used to closing shows. Like, <laughs> thank everyone. I'm sure Denny Lane has already been playing us out right now. Me and Tom are just gonna go and chill out for the rest of our day off Let's now. Go. Th- thank you very much, folks, for for listening. I'm not sure when this episode is actually going to be coming out, actually, so I'm not sure what's going to be next. But either way, check us out on, on Twitter at McCartneyPod for all updates and stuff. Peace and love, peace and love. Keep listening to Paul. Play us out, Denny. Mm-hmm.